So uh, when I came across these, the text for this week of Jesus entering the uh, temple, turning the tables over, it seems kind of strange, doesn't it? I mean, Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, being in the temple, this is exactly what you would expect to be going on in the temple. Um, keep in mind, uh, the temple in Jesus' day um, is a very large complex with a relatively small building in, in the center of it, which is the actual temple. All around it, there are courtyards, um, courtyards upon courtyards, staircases, entrances, all kinds of places where uh, the, the community could gather but the temple itself, right in the center, um, is, is not nearly that large. So most of the activity that takes place and most of the people that are associated with the temple in Jesus' time uh, don't actually get that close to the temple. They come, they, they figure out how to uh, get what they need in terms of sacrifices, to arrange for the priest who will go into the temple to offer them on their behalf. Uh, they, they make all of those arrangements and they talk with one another. They connect with each other about uh, what's going on in their life, in, in their faith, and in the community. And this happens over and over again. It happens every day. And we're told that in, in this section, that this is a pilgrimage time, right? They're getting, it's just before the Passover. So this is a time when uh, the whole nation would come to the temple to gather, to make sure that they had, that they fulfilled their rituals, that they did what was required of them. And what was required of them at this time involved all of these sacrifices. So it should not surprise Jesus in the least that this is what's going on at the temple. He knows this is what's supposed to be happening. In fact, when he, when he shows up uh, on the scene, he sees uh, the, uh, the cattle, the sheep, the, the doves that are for sale, the money changers that are exchanging. Um, because uh, if, if you um, aren't aware, what would happen in that time is that they didn't want to use the coins of Rome for uh, their temple uh, taxes and to purchase the sacrifices so th because they were all stamped with inscriptions of the Roman uh, uh, Caesars, the, the emperors, and many of them had uh, the title son of God attached to that Caesar or that emperor. So if you, so they, they would exchange that for temple issued money. And so the exchange rates would take place, and all of this is happening at the temple as well. Jesus encounters this, and uh, it is exactly what needs to happen at this time in light of the faith of the folk, of, of the people that are there. But Jesus says, we're going to move in a different direction. When he turns the tables over, when he sends the, sacri the, uh, the, the animals away, when he calls and says, this, you, you've made my, my father's house into a marketplace, an emporium, a, a place of business. What he's calling their attention to is that they're missing the point of what this is all about. 
And before we get uh, ahead of ourselves and say, oh, those silly folks back then who missed the point of what this is all about, we, we would do well to note that we do much the same. How much of our uh, life of faith, our coming to this place of worship, how much of our uh, practice of faith involves uh, ritual and practice and uh, commerce about how do we gather, what buildings do we create, uh, what ministries do we support, um, how do our offerings get collected, what, what does this... Uh, how does this produce a church that is vibrant and alive? And how do we measure the vibrancy and the life of a church? In many cases, we measure that by the building, the size of the congregation, the budget that it accomplishes. Um, how, do we, how much money do we send into different places? And so we, we participate in much the same way. Jesus turned the tables over in this temple at a time when they thought they knew what their faith was all about. And Jesus entered in and said, this isn't what it is. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of when our tables were turned, are we not? when we thought we knew what our faith and our church was all about. And the tables were turned a year ago, and we couldn't do much of what we thought was so vital and important for us to be church, to gather for worship on the, at the proper time, to uh, make sure there was coffee uh, prepared for everyone to enjoy as we gathered in the narthex to uh, uh, all of the fellowship events that we love. Don't get me wrong. I love all of that. I long for it to be part of it, of, of what we do again. But the reality is, that isn't the work of the church. And the measure of the church is not about how many people get together to huddle with one another around the coffee pot. It's not what measure, where we measure our worth, our value, and our ministry. What we are called to measure is much more difficult, isn't it? It's measuring who are we, who and how are we pointing others to what really matters. When Jesus entered the temple in Jerusalem and turned over the tables, uh, those that were gathered around him said, what sign can you give us for doing this? Seems like a reasonable uh, question. What, what they're asking is, what authority do you have to change the way that we do our worship? That we live out our faith. And Jesus said, tear this, tear this temple down, and in three days I will raise it again. Now it's no surprise that they understood him to mean the building, right? 
The place where God lives is the temple. But Jesus, his disciples were told uh, later after his resurrection, they, they remembered what he had said and they realized he wasn't talking about the building. He wasn't talking about the marketplace. He wasn't talking about the sacrificial system that was all around it. He wasn't talking about tearing all of that down. What he was talking about was himself. And what he was doing was naming that all of that stuff isn't where God lives. Where God lives, the temple, was Jesus himself. And that is what our worship is called to be about. Jesus. What is Jesus? Where is Jesus? What is Jesus calling us to? Where is Jesus headed? And where Jesus is headed is giving his life on a cross for the sake of a world that misses the point. And that includes you and me. Where Jesus is headed is giving his life for the, for the sake of sinners who fill churches and synagogues, and mosques, and every other place of worship on the planet. And God sent Jesus, who gave himself for us all, to call us not to abandon everything, but to see that this is not where life is, that life is found in him. And that all of this stuff that surrounds us is not there to distract us from the one truth that matters. Jesus is in our midst, and he calls us to live for God alone, for him alone, to do what we do. Not, to, not so that we can check off our list and say, well, I've accomplished enough. You see, I don't believe, I don't believe that our faith is, is about buildings or rituals. It's not about um, any of that. I, it always um, amazes me. I, I'm a... I don't watch it a lot because uh, we have other shows in our household that, we, that others want to watch more, but I enjoy The Voice um, on, on uh, NBC, and uh, they just started a new season, and it's all, my favorite part of it is, is the beginning of it. I hardly ever finish the season, but I always like watching the auditions at the beginning and hearing the stories of the people that are performing. What always surprises me is how many times um, you hear about these folks that uh, have a talent for singing and they all, they all come up, and, and not all of them, but uh, there's a whole lot of them who will say in the course of their story, well, I started singing at church. I started singing at church. I started singing at church, and then, and then, and then. And 
you know, if you didn't know anything about the church, you might come away from watching The Voice thinking that the point of the church is to train singers. <laughs> of course, it's not the reason that we're here. But we sure do enjoy it. We like it. It happens. But the point of the church isn't about the building or the ritual or training great singers. It's not about serving great coffee. The point of the church is about Jesus. It's about helping people see Jesus. See that without Jesus, we have nothing. The point of the church is to live not with the question of, have I done enough? Have I been in the right place? Have I paid the right offering? Have I uh, given the, the right amount? It's not about what I have done at all. The point of the church is to live with the question, do you, do you know what Jesus has done? And we ask that of ourselves, and we ask that of everyone else that we meet. Do you know what Jesus has done? Because Jesus turns the tables of our lives. When we become distracted with the results and the surroundings of everything that we do, Jesus turns the tables and says, this is not where life is. Look at what's standing right in front of you. Look at where, at the one who goes to the cross to give you life. That's a crazy message. Apostle Paul says it right. It is foolishness. The wisdom of God is foolishness to us. How on earth can God give life by dying? <laughs> Just watch. Just look. And see, this is who Jesus is. And God is in the business of turning the tables so that rules aren't about limits, but about freedom. So that death isn't about giving up, but starting again, starting anew. So that worship isn't about singing, but about living and pointing to the one who gives us a reason to sing. May God turn your tables this week again. May we be open to the way that God upsets our life, not so that it can be a mess, but so that we can truly see what matters. And may God be the one who leads us to work at what makes a difference to help others 
to see the one who gives his life for you, for me, and for all. The only one around whom we can gather and receive the gifts of God among us. May Jesus be our center, our whole, and our everything as we live for him as God's people in the world. Amen.